Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pure Culture. I'm your host, Em Robertson, and I'm so stoked that you're all tuning in. Today we've got Solomon athlete Daniel Klaassen on the podcast with us. Daniel's got some impressive race titles behind his name, including his most recent victory at the Cape Town Trail Marathon and a long history with the sport. He's raced everything from short and fast trail races all the way to ultramarathons, running the Transvolcania 72K this year, as well as the 100K CCC by UTMB. From the Otter Trail to the Alps, he certainly has some stories to share. Today, we're going to be diving into how deep does the pain cave go for this guy? What does it look like to train with a process focus? And what were some of the highlights and lowlights of the last two seasons for him? I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. Very excited to have Daniel Klaassen with us on the podcast today. He's a Solomon athlete, um, point of sales manager at Red Bull as well, which is something I learned recently, and a trail runner. Um, He's a Cape Town local, and if he's not on the trails, you'll probably find him with a cold beer in hand close to a trail. Um, Daniel grew up running. Um, He started at the age of eight, very young. Um, He raced triathlon quite seriously and took a break from running at university before looping back and finding the sports in 2017. And then you started, oh no, you started trail running in 2019. First, first trail race was end of 2018, so you can say 2018, 2019, yes. Okay, so around, around about there. And you started off with a podium finish at TMC and Bastille Day 50K before winning the Maxi Race 75, which is where I first heard of you. And yeah, it kind of feels like the rest is history. And then you've just continued to rack up some impressive results behind your name and yeah, diverse races you can be found anywhere from the otter trail to sierra zanal to the alps uh, he spent more time on international trails than home soil this year but it's good to have him back and on the podcast with us today so welcome daniel thank you so much great to be here and thanks for thinking of me to record with you a brief podcast my first one so Our let's hope one. for the best cool yeah. yay hopefully this this lives up to the expectation i'm um, sure it will Daniel, you have had quite a journey with um, the sports. You've had some amazing results and epic runs, but also your, your fair share of challenges and even some injuries. Um, yeah, and you also somehow manage a nine to five while training and racing at a competitive level. So yeah, chat to us kind of about that, finding that balance, the sweet spot, training, racing, working, being a friend, being a husband, all cool. the things. Cool, yeah, so for me, it's always like, it's difficult to explain to someone else because I only know what works for me and I can't I can't give advice to everyone because everyone's living situation is different. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in a position where my living situation is pretty simple. Like my, my work is flexible. I live close to the mountain. Um, I have an understanding wife. So that all that aspects make a difference to, to like give me the opportunity to do what I do. But I think at the end of the day, it's always important to keep that balance. And it took me quite a long time to understand like how I want to balance my life. Um, okay. when, I, when I grew up, I did a lot of running, a lot of schoolwork, and there wasn't really room for anything else. So that was only I could, the only things that I could balance. Then I went to varsity and then like my balance was completely out, got stuck into the social environment, which was also needed and I enjoyed it. Uh, so it took me a couple of years to, to get the balance right. And I think where I am now is quite that sweet spot that you've mentioned earlier. It's it's the balance of finding time for things that I like, things that I love and things that I have to do just because, I mean, there's certain things in life that you have to do. So yeah. um, it, it took a bit of time. But now, now I'm in a position where 
Um, I can train in the morning, I work throughout the day, I can train in the afternoon and I'm home in time by the time my wife gets home and we can actually spend some nice time together and the weekends you make time for friends and family. So it's not always gonna be easy, sometimes it's gonna be hard, but I think I'm in a good place now where, where there's time for everything and that took a bit of time to figure out. Okay, and, and kind of in that figuring out process, I think um, we chatted um, briefly, but you have, you took a break from the sport in university and then you've worked and trained and then you went through a period where you just ran um, you took a break kind of from mm. the nine to five yeah. of the office job I think there was a nine to five yes. in the mountains but and now you're back to a mix so what kind of guided that those decisions and are you happy kind of mm. with where you are now so I'm, I'm very happy with my current situation um, like you've mentioned earlier, like I was, I was studying, um, which obviously that was, that was great. It was great to have the opportunity to go to university. Yeah. So there I mostly focused on my studies, try to get it done. Um, I, I wasn't running a lot. There's a, there's a very long story behind that, but I just grew up in a, in a quite intense sporting environment um, okay. by choice. Like I was performing pretty well at, at school in different sports from athletics to triathlon to cross country, played a bit of rugby, a bit of everything. So when you're a kid and you're good and stuff, then you, you tend to want to do it more and you tend to um, like get a kick from it. And I, and I really enjoyed it. I, I loved being an active kid and doing a lot. Um, high school got a bit more competitive and you had to decide, cool, this is the things I want to do. So I focused on triathlon for quite a bit and that was the main focus. But obviously triathlon is three different sports and you need yeah. to perform at quite a high level in all of them. So it, it took all my time. So I, I, I trained in the morning yeah. before school. Uh, then went home, ran, cycled in between. So it was, it was quite hard to juggle. So I wasn't really the kid that I, that most kids would be or the classic teenager. Like my, my life was very structured, very organized. So when by okay. the time when I got to varsity, I had a bit of freedom all of a sudden because I also tore my ankle ligaments at that stage. So it was a time for me just to be young and just like enjoy different things and explore life and travel and do other things that I didn't have time to do when I was in school. Awesome. So th loved it. It was amazing. But then slowly but surely I realized like I'm missing, missing something that I've grew up doing and I've always loved running. The triathlon was great, but the swimming and cycling, I, it wasn't my favorite part. It was more the, yeah. the multi-sport endurance. I was always like interested in endurance sports. So I always knew I loved running. So when life took me on a different path, uh, after triathlon, after studies, then I somehow found myself back into running, did a bit of road running, but also I didn't really get what I wanted to get from it. And then I started working in Cape Town. I was like, well, I'm close to a mountain. I, I okay. worked with people that was like also running. So I, I told my one mate, like, listen, let's just enter the race. And we entered uh, Table Mountain Challenge, which was a, a 40, 44K trail run. And okay. at that stage it was just like, let's just try, let's just see how it goes. And one, link, one thing led to another um, and, I, and I ran the race and it, I did well and I was like, I really want to do this sport. So, so cool. through that, uh, it was possible to juggle life and work and running and everything. Uh, and then at, at a later stage, I realized like maybe I can build a bit of a future doing what I do now. And I decided just to take a huge gamble in the middle of COVID it was like June 2020. I just decided to quit my job so oh, wow. quit my job um, not there was anything wrong with the job it's just I felt like I wanted to be selfish before we get kids at some point or before life gets too serious so I thought let's let's just see where this goes yeah quit my job full-time running and I mean like that was a journey it was it was definitely different like it's amazing to have let's call it unlimited time on your hands 
and I loved it for a year or so. Had the time to go to Drakensberg. Obviously, during COVID, international travel wasn't such a big thing. Yes. Uh, so 2021, um, had the opportunity to go to Europe for a bit. So I went for five weeks, race series and all, race CCC. And then I just realized like how high this level of competition is. And at that stage, I thought I'm on the right path. Um, I have unlimited time, I can train, and, and this is what I want to do. I want to be a full-time yeah. athlete. And then by December, uh, so I had a decent year, didn't race too much because obviously races were quite limited during that time. I raced UTCT at the end of the year, and that was that was a good race as well. And it's the 100K. 100K, fifth, yes. Fourth. Fifth, fifth nice. in the and 100K. Was a, a hectic field. Yeah, it year. was, I think like till today, it was probably one of my best runs. So sure. really stoked with the result. And again, like, reflected as like cool i'm on i'm on I'm on track on what i do and in jan or feb somewhere i just had this realization that you know i'm i think 29 at that stage by all means super young still but you need to think about your future and i was lacking that feeling of adding contribution and adding i don't want to say add to society but almost like running wasn't enough for me i okay. i wanted to have the 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 feeling part of an office and you miss your like workmates because at the end of the day you need to have that like in your life. Like yeah. I said earlier, balance for me has always been important. It took a bit of time to figure it out. And I, I just felt like my balance is, is a little bit skewed. Uh, it was okay. more, my world started feeling like a little bit small. And again, what's working for me is not necessarily going to work for someone else. So I just want to call it out. Like it's yeah. what I'm saying is it's, there's no right and wrong. I just like, I personally felt that I want to, I want to work again. So yeah. I always said if I enter the workplace again, it would I want to do a job that I really love and that I want to build the future. So throughout the time that I didn't work, I was not actively looking, but I was keeping an eye out for opportunities. Is there something that interests you yeah, that fits kind of what yes, you had in mind? Yeah, exactly. Or, or a company or a business or something that I feel passionate about. And um, I was just starting to think about it. And I linked up with a mate and we ran together and he told me a story and I was like, oh, this is, doesn't really make sense. And I didn't think about it and I left it. And later that night, I went onto LinkedIn for some random reason and I saw the job ad that he was referring to without no really refer. I didn't really, when he said it, I wasn't thinking about it of actually applying for the job. So for me, it just felt like that's a perfect opportunity. So yeah. then decided to, to apply for the job. Long story, got the job and... Yeah, I was looking back the other day of like my life from where I was just running compared to working and running. And uh, I, I really enjoy my life at the moment. Like I, I wouldn't change it for a bit. I wouldn't, even if you tell me now, I'll pay you the same salary as what I'm getting in, in my job, but you can run full time. I, I, I think I'll still say no. That's really interesting. Just because I have time to do what I want to do. Um, yeah. And I'm still in that environment that work where you can chill with mates, you can make new friends, you can do stuff. You, you part of a bigger, bigger thing than, than just yourself. Yeah. Um, and when I ran, it felt like I'm just, I'm reaching goals, individual goals or personal yes. goals. I'm always striving towards a personal goal. It was never anyone else than you. Like being yeah. a, if you want to call it professional sportsman, you, you need to, you need to be selfish. Like yeah. you need to think about what's best for me. Um, when it's your wife's birthday, but you've got a race the next day, you're going to tell her like, I'm sorry, I can't enjoy a birthday because she with you because I've got a race tomorrow. You, you tend to be quite selfish. And for me, it was, um, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to have okay. the, a little bit of a, a different thing in my life than just running. So that's how yeah. I ended up back working. I actually never thought I would go back to work so quickly because I was just an athlete for a year and a half, if you want to call it that. But I'm really happy that I did go back that route because I've learned a lot. 
and I'm in a position now where there's time for both. So yeah, quite quite cool. happy with the current life situation. And with the time for both, Daniel, I mean, I'm not 100% sure yet what your preferred race distance is because, as I said, I feel like we can find you yeah. anywhere from something short and fast all the way to, like, racing mm. around the Alps and going long. Um, but for your preferred kind of race distance and what you're training for at the moment, how much time are you spending training? Yeah, okay. how's that looking? Yeah, so it depends from the time in the season throughout the year but if i have to generalize it on average i would say let's call it in a in a really big training block i would do 17 hour, 17 18 hours a week that'll be a combination between mostly running and then obviously gym work and mobility and then some additional cardio work which i'll get to in a bit um but in the down season like i'm at the moment so i'm not i don't have any further races for the year so i'll run between seven eight hours a week and that's okay. casual running it's just okay. like running when i feel like it linking up with friends so it there's quite a big difference between the two i've my body can handle quite a lot there was a year in COVID that I decided I know everything I can train myself. And <laughs> I fell into a bit of a trap of just like seeing how far I can push my body and just ran, ran, ran all the time. And that year I ran about 6,000 kilometers wow. with 250,000 meters of climbing. So I know I can handle quite a lot, yeah. but at the end of the day, your body can only handle so much stress. And yes. at that time I didn't have a lot of like external stress. It was just literally the, the training that I put on my body, that was the only stress I had because yeah. I, I didn't have a full-time job. Life was easy at that stage. So yeah. it was easy to to run that much. And also you run and you go home and you chill on the couch or you sleep or you yeah, relax. Yeah, you recover as, as needed. Exactly. Yeah. You go for ice, ice bath, those sort of things. So I know what I can do, but now at the moment, um, this year I'm probably going to run f less than 4,000 kilometers. So it's quite okay. a big difference. So... We try and structure the year knowing that we, the, the year's room to really push it. Um, it's 10 weeks before, a, let's say, a long race. So then obviously you want to do a, a lot of mileage. Yeah. So then then we'll ramp up the training. We do, do a bit more. We'll work in like 16-hour weeks, but also try and be smart about it because obviously when you're working and there's life happening, then there's more stress. So instead yeah. of doing a second run, I'll go spend some time on a bike or on the cross train in the gym. So okay. we just try and structure it that there's, that you get your hard training sessions in, but you still try and limit the amount of stress that we put on your body. So we try and yeah. be smart about it. That's cool. um, so there's, there's no, for me, there's no like perfect plan throughout the year. Cause also okay. when, when you do work and when stuff's happening, like I'll hear today, like I need to go to Joburg on Thursday. So then obviously and yeah. if I have a big session planned on Thursday, then you can't do that. So you need to be flexible. So yeah. I think we move things around quite a bit. And um, throughout the year, I've realized like not one training session is gonna make me win a race or lose a race. Like one, yes. ra one session is never gonna make the difference. It's that obviously just pitching up constantly. Yeah day after day doing the training. But if you miss one workout due to you traveling or you're not feeling good or whatever, it's yeah. not going to make a difference. And it also took me a bit of time to realize that. So with all those factors kept in mind, we try and uh, just find what works in that current week. So yeah. I'll be very open with my coach saying like, this week is going to be a challenging week at work. I don't think I can handle too much. We can rather just jog throughout the week, get to Saturday, do a proper workout on Saturday, or even take Saturday easy to recover from the work week, do yeah. a big, big round, big workout on Sunday, and then take it easy again to recover for a bit. So I think you just need to be flexible. Um, yeah, and, and patient with that process. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. 
so yeah, all, all that, uh, it, it didn't, it, it took me a long time to realize, like I said earlier, I was very stuck in that run as much as you can mentality, where now I'm a little bit more focused on getting the key sessions in yeah. and not necessarily just focusing on on volume or time or distance throughout the week because each week is different. Yeah. I can yeah. do an 80 kilometer or 60 kilometer run week that's way more intense than a 100 mile running week. Yeah. You just structure your training in that way. So yeah. yeah. Like what? Key, key races yeah. and key times for, for different types of top times in the season. And I think a good adaptability, like the plan is always going to change. It's so rare that you lay it out and it goes exactly. exactly. And that's just prepping you for your ultra because no. your race is probably also not going to go no. like, to the book. And also like most of my races that things has gone really well is the races that I was the most unprepared. Um, sure. Like thinking that I'm not ready for this race. Like I said earlier that UTCT, 2000 when 2021 2021 i think i ran like 50 k's a week for four or five weeks before the race and i just spent like eight to ten hours on the bike because i was struggling with achilles problems and a lot of things that didn't go according to plan so we just decided cool let's just try something different because there's no right and wrong it's not there's no rule book on how to win an ultra or how to win a like when you when you work on a track it's a little bit probably more scientific but ultra running is so unknown to us uh there's no reason why you can't explore with different training methods yeah that's so cool i think something you mentioned earlier it's um no session is going to like make your Mm. season or your race but it's uh one of those sessions could break it no for sure um with injury overtraining whatever Mm. it is Mm. like there always has to be something that's the final straw and i think um you recovered from injury were you injured last year daniel and you spent quite a lot of time so i'm trying to think now like this year and last year it all feels just like one long (laughs) big year but if i have to really go and think about it carefully so i started last year off thinking i'm gonna have the year of my life like training wise everything went so well i raced african x with kane and to run african x with kane and you able to run with him you know cool i'm fit yes. so i was like this is great this is going to be a great year then race ut uh, utd with yard we had a great race oh yeah once again um, some tough competition yeah, yeah. it was so, such a fun race like really pushing each other and we ran a pretty pretty fast time on the course um so again finishing that race feeling like your amazing year and then yeah. straight after that but it's also a month after i started working and again like i said the the, the balance is always going to be important and from there my itb just flared up so that was like probably april may throughout the year and the plan was to go and race ccc which is first week of september end of august so 100k obviously in france so you want to do the the training for that so i realized okay let's just take may let's just ride may off it's fine june july august enough time to train then may went by just biking still not running then june went by just biking still not running so then by July, I started getting a little bit into running, but I think I I started too soon because he was like, he was always trying to get ready for the race. So ran a bit, again, long story, didn't didn't finish, oh, didn't go to France just because the investment was too big, not knowing if I'm going to be able to race well. So I shifted my focus to Transfer Kenya, which was in October in, in that year. So that's still last year. Then again, training went well. And then also like three, four weeks before the race, 
injuries started flaring up, Achilles problems, things like that. And then literally the week before I flew, I just decided I can't do this. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish the race. Yeah. So I decided to to cancel the trip and then just take a bit of a downtime. So I took, took a break, like fully recovered. Also like mentally, even though you think you're not training, it's like mentally exhausting to try and get ready for a race the whole time. And then yes. you struggle with injury and you need yes. to back out. So just I was just tired you know like where all the you, decisions you're trying to make should you shouldn't you exactly you're listening to a lot of people and it's just exhausting everyone's got an opinion everyone's got everyone's got something to say on top yeah. of a new job which is also yeah. challenging because you like trying to understand the workplace so just decided I'm gonna just write this year off then things did align and I was able to get to the start line of UTCT 100 again um, last year and I just thought cool I'm gonna just give it a go see how it goes I know my body's not conditioned um, but then race and it actually went fairly well I definitely wasn't ready for the race like I really suffered str- struggled a lot with cramps because I think my body was just not conditioned to it but again it just showed that you, you don't have to have a perfect year so last yeah. year was a bit of a disaster still managed to do two races which or three races which went well but the rest of the year was literally just six months of being injured so yeah with that kept in mind i realized like this year i want to approach it slightly differently yeah. i want to pick my my two key races the, the goal race so i always try and structure my season where there's two primary goal races for the year this is the races that i want to be in top shape for yeah. because especially running for training for an ultra it's it's hard to maintain that level of fitness throughout the year you can yes. you can peak it's it's the classic like you're going to peak and then you need to recover for a month at least yeah uh, before you can even consider about training again so you have to be quite strategic on when you race yeah so i decided i'm going to race two races um for this year and again early in the year felt good training went well so i actually finally managed to go back to transfer kenya uh, which we'll probably awesome. chat to in a bit uh, so i'm not going to go into too much detail over there but yeah, I just try and structure my year a bit better. Like yeah. train when you train and the times where it's not so important to train that you really take take the it easy. Off, yeah. yeah. Like take a month and just relax and yeah. enjoy other things. Like yeah, go for a cool. swim, go for a hike, spend time with friends, um, yes. drink beers, just do other stuff <laughs> yeah. other than running because you can't train the whole year. It's, it's yeah. just even just me- mentally that break yes. from like I'm not training this week, like running for enjoyment mm. versus this is a training session yes, and exactly. there's like certain targets that I want to mm. hit. And no, exactly. that kind of your planning your, your race calendar, you said mm. you wanted to have two goal races um coming into this year. So racing less or were you just like these are the A races, everything else is yes. secondary? So again, um Ultras is challenging uh, to train for, obviously, and when you race and you need to recover, you're not only recovering just from the race, you're recovering from three, four months of training. That's actually yeah. the hard part. So normally when I get to the start line of an ultra, I'm like, cool, I've made it. This <laughs> nice. is, the work yeah. is done. Now it's just to actually go and try and enjoy it and try and reflect or use that training and to reflect into a, a good result. So um, yeah, like I said, I try and pick the two races that really gets me excited. Also South Africa being on the other side of the world compared to Europe, it's yeah. generally trail running season is going to be in winter. Yeah. So it also, you need to pick races that's going to get you out of bed in winter when it's dark and rainy. Yes. Um, it's pointless to train for a race that you don't want to really go and do that. You yeah. feel you have to do if it's local, international, doesn't matter. You need to get races that really excite you. So normally in the beginning of the season, I'll try and pick those two, like what's going to get me out of bed and then pick other races or other types of training and how to, try and support those goal races to really uh, reach your goal in the race that you do. Uh, yeah. So 
for me, I just found that that works. Obviously, if you're going to race a 20k race or a 40k race, then you can pick four or five or six races because you your recovery time is much quicker. But for the long stuff, um, it, it's unfortunately at this stage what my body can handle or what I feel comfortable of doing. So I'm at a point now where I've ran, this year turned out a little bit differently, but I ran four 100k odd races in, the la- in a nine-month period and I could just wow. feel or 10 months. So I could just feel by that last race, even though it's not in the same calendar year, you just, you just tired. So it's compounding. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So going forward, I would like to try and stick with that ratio of get your two goals and work around it and rather just be in tip top shape without risking injuries. Obviously, like I said earlier, if you don't work, then you, you, there's a little bit more wiggle room to recover, which is not my luxury at the moment. So I just need to be smart about it. Maybe race a little bit less, to make sure that you give yourself the best chance of actually getting to the start line. Yeah, that's cool. And with your planning for this year, Daniel, is it going according to plan? Do you feel like you can say that? Yeah, I think this year has been awesome. I've yeah, I I sometimes just sit here at night and think like, geez, it was such a cool year. So oh, awesome. started the year off, um, like I said earlier, going back to Transfer Kenya. It's one huge mission getting there. Uh, it's quite a big commitment. It's on the Transfer Kenya, for those who don't know, it's 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 one of the, the races with a lot of history. Um, I think it's about 12 or 13 years old. It's in the middle of the like ocean. It's basically next to Morocco. It's part of the Canary Islands. So, Aww. but it's part of Spain. So you have to tra- travel via Spain to get there. It's, it's, it's a mission. So for me, it was a proper commitment. And again, just like I said, I wanted to go the previous year, couldn't go. So I felt like I had unfinished business. So that was the plan. So that was goal race A or like a A goal race. Then the second one was to go back to CCC, uh, a race that I've done in 2021. Just wanted to go back there. I didn't have the best race in 2021, even though the result was okay. I just knew it wasn't the reflection on what I felt like I can achieve on the race. So that was the two goals. Then training went well, race transfer Kenya, had a really nice race. Everything went according to plan. I think the route suited me. So I had a great one. Then... At that stage, the whole world champs conversation started flaring up. People yes. were talking about it. it sounded like it's going to happen. I wasn't sure. So everything was very unsure. And I just said, I'm available. I can't go race UTD because that was like a, one of the selection races. I can't go because it was the weekend either. Yeah, it was the weekend before Transfer Kenya. So I was really yes. in Spain at that stage. So I couldn't, I couldn't race. So I said to them, guys, obviously, depending on how you do the team selection, yeah. I'm available, no pressure, but if I do get selected, thank you, I would love to go. Yes. So then that worked out and that was five weeks after Transfer Kenya. So I think that was a bit of a quick turnaround. That was, yeah, that's, that's fast. That was yeah. a 85K five weeks after 72K. So that was, I knew it was gonna be a bit of a gamble. So gave it a go, went, it was again, an awesome experience. And so from there I decided like, I'm gonna take a bit of downtime because yeah. I've done a lot of training and I probably only need about five, six weeks of good training before CCC, just because I've, I think I think I had a decent amount of volume in my legs training for these two long races already. So that was a bit of a span in the works for the year. But again, yeah. you need to be adjustable. You need to be like adapt constantly as you go. And yeah, trained for CCC and training went well. The race again, like happy, room for improvement, like yeah. we're always going to say. But yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was awesome. And then I decided I'm going to just park it went on a two week Euro trip afterwards. I went to Italy, awesome. awesome holiday, just again, proper downtime, didn't run, just relaxed. And then came back and just felt like, I think I have something left still in the season. 
I was thinking about UTCT. Um, I did, I wasn't up for the hundred again just because I've I've done it um, yeah. three times and this year has just been long enough. I didn't want to do so much more long running, so I thought about a shorter race and then I thought, well, I haven't raced Cape Town Trail and it's a race that I think that really suits me. Yeah. It's literally I jogged from home to the start line. It's <laughs> it's so great. easy um, to get there. Like no no logistical concerns. It's a yeah. it's a route that I literally know out of the back of my hand. So then I raced one more race and then after that I could just feel like now I'm tired. So okay. it was an awesome year in that sense that I feel that I did a variety of races. Uh, it's it's rare that you get to do three international races in one year yeah, while awesome. still having a full-time job. So it was a, it was a very selfish year in that sense. Um, Shame my poor wife must be uh, exhausted with me spending all our savings on trips, <laughs> but it it was it was cool. Like it was something that I wanted to do. Um, at some point, life will get a little bit more complicated. So when yeah. you th- not complicated, just there will be kids or, or yeah. other things happening. So it was now a time that I can still do these sort of things. So the year shaped out exactly like I planned, and it was awesome. really an awesome year to to sit now in November, December, thinking that. It was a good year. You can show now. You you yeah. done you done well. So that's so great. You're happy. Daniel, it's really nice to hear that you kind of make a conscious effort to switch off. I think we're gonna chat more about that just now. But yeah, like to be like I've done the work. Mm. CCC's yeah. done. What's done is done. I'm going on holiday. Yeah. I'm gonna eat ice cream, drink beer, lie yes. on the beach. Yes. All for the sure. things that. Yeah. Yeah. So I try and try and like I said, you, you try and structure it because try tr- training. All the time for me is it's exhausting. So yeah. when when I chill, I want to chill. Um, yeah. It's one thing Jim Wormsley said after the year that he was here at UTCT, and I was like looking at this guy, and he's in such good shape. And he just said he's I'm gonna I'm gonna get fat and unfit again before <laughs> I get fit. Yeah. So he literally, and that's maybe something that I learned from him, or just looking at some other people how they do it is they make a conscious decision of. Yeah. I want to take downtime. I want to be unfit. There's nothing for me as satisfying as going for a run for the first time in a month, getting my heart rate up to like 170 on the promenade where I'm jogging a slow yeah. warm-up pace and you feel so unfit and then two weeks later you feel like a rock star again. So yes. it's that balance where you... It's satisfying because when you train hard, you yeah. you don't always necessarily see the improvements. Uh, you, yes. you you get fitter and you get quicker. If you look on Strava, you're like oh, I'm five seconds faster on this segment or yeah. whatever. But that that bigger, almost like leaps and climbing in your fitness is for yes. me is something that I always enjoy. So yeah, and that give and take, like letting it go at the right time so that you can take it back a bit later, yeah, achieve exactly. the next goal. Yeah, exactly. So you, I want to make sure that I miss running before I go back to running instead of just keep on running and not really appreciating the fact of being able to run. So that's always something I try and remember. Nice. Okay. Interesting. That's so cool. And, um, Daniel, for the last, I want to, I don't want to say year, I want to say like two seasons, because even you said now it feels like the last year and a half has been like one long, um, thing, but it, I don't know a lot about the way that you race, but just from what I could gather, it seems like you in the last two seasons, you've chosen to take risks. Yeah, and roll the dice in the sense sure. of you're not going to go and race where it's comfortable, where it's known. You're going to like, yeah, just take a risk. And mm. um, something that characterizes your racing yeah. for me is like leaving it all out there. I wasn't at the finish line of Cape Town Trail, but sure. I know three drips later, yeah. there's nothing left <laughs> in the tank. Um, so, yeah, that was dark days. Yeah, I'm like, does that ring true for yeah, just how you feel of how you've raced this year? Yeah, yeah. So again, um, 
racing racing ultras is always going to be challenging but um if i start on cape town trail which i thought well it's 40 odd k's 44 k's it can't be that hard you know like it's trails that i know i I think i've never been so tired so dead after a race ever i think anyone who saw me at the finish i've got some disturbing photos and videos of me crossing the finish line so i yeah i'm very happy that i'm able to to push my, my body to that level I don't think it's always healthy. Uh, my coach told me on the day day one that I said to him, like, listen, I want to work with you. Yeah. Let's let's partner. Let's let's work together and and see where we can take this running thing that I want to do. He said, well, it's it's great. I just want to call it out. Your biggest blessing, your biggest curse is your mind, and that's something that I so, realized because I'm able to. I've got a, quite a strong head. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it's my stubborn parents. I don't know, but. <laughs> I'm able to really dig myself into a hole when a lot of people I think would stop. Um, And I think that's maybe not always going to be sustainable because you do dig yourself like a really big hole. I can feel after some races, I'm just completely destroyed where it feels that you, you, you just, you don't even, you're not even up for like a 5k jog or a 10k jog two, three weeks after because you mentally so tired and your body's just so, so tired that you're almost concerned of going to that level of pain again. So, that's great because I mean like I'm always going to try and get the best out of myself but it's also something that you do need to manage uh, because you can't race every race like that because then you're going to have quite a quite a short running career but yeah I I try and really just take the cards that I get on the day um, and make the best of it I've had races where I feel absolutely great from the first minute like Cape Town Trail was one of those races I was like there's no way I can have a bad bad race today because I just feel amazing on the climbs I see the guys were going a little bit ahead, but I know, cool, I'm going to catch them on this section again because I I know the route. So it was just one of those days where things really go according to plan. And when you get to the finish line, like, well, this was as simple as a race can be. I didn't have to problem solve that much. I didn't have to make too many tough decisions of, listen, I need to just take a minute and gather myself. Yeah. That's 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 that doesn't have doesn't happen often. Like you you get one or two of those races every two or three years. So mostly running long distance races is about problem solving and sometimes you just get really bad cards from the get-go so i've had a couple races this year as an example where ccc i got to 10ks where i felt like i've done 80 90 k's already so mentally you're like you're so tired i've done the race before i know what's coming i know how hectic the rest of the race is going to be but now you have to try and problem solve for 90ks which is 10 11 hours of convincing yourself that you're actually okay although yeah. you, you know you're not so i think all that just contributes on how i try and just be present in the race in the given time that i am like if you if you embrace the good times and you embrace the bad times then it's, it, it can't be that bad just knowing that it's really really bad now the yeah. race is long it will turn it will get better just yeah. hang in there get stuck in like just be present yeah. and try and make the best out of the situation and also like Try and look at the small things, you know, if you yes. if you see there's a guy a kilometer ahead of you or two minutes ahead of you and you check your watch later and you're like, oh, I'm only a minute behind him now. It's just like psych, your, yeah, yeah. psych yourself up in that small things or every kilometer. It's like I always talk to myself, like every time I watch beep after a kilometer, I literally like I'll pat myself on the back <laughs> and I'm like, yes, another one's done. Only yeah. nine or no, only eight Ks left or whatever it might be. So yeah, I think like 
it, it gets tough, but as soon as you learn how to just get yourself through those tough moments, then yeah. it becomes like a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, and I think something that's been interesting, um, I'm going to use Courtney, like mm, the goat. Absolute uh, legend. Of the pain cave where she did kind of these back-to-back massive miler efforts and, and everyone's like, you're crazy, what are you doing? And she's like, she's just curious about hmm. the pain cave how yeah. deep can she go into her cave and i think for you you mentioned yeah. like you can dig yourself into a hole hmm. and it feels like every time you push through something that's hard you like make that hole deeper then you climb out at the end of the yes. race but then you look back and it's like wow yeah. like i dug deep yes. literally yes. yeah no i mean like there's so many videos and sayings of what courtney has said over the years and no. She always just say like we like I'm just getting a bigger shovel or I'm digging a bigger hole. Like she, I mean, she's the queen of the pain cave. There's no one that can go as deep as her. So, yeah. I think what she's done this year, like I said earlier, you know, I picked my 200k races and spaced them out over a 12 month <laughs> period. I mean, yeah. she just did 300 milers in 12 weeks. So crazy. I don't know how you do that. So that's that's a whole different level, but. I think it's always like I try and bring it back home to to what's going to work for me. I know my body won't handle that, but as long as I can finish that race, dig the hole um, and get to the finish line and realize like, cool, I gave it my all today, given the the cost that I had, I'm I'm always going to be happy. So yeah, yeah, as much as it's satisfying to cross the finish line, um, it's always like when you think about it back, you you sometimes forget those hard moments that you go through in an ultra. Yeah. mentally physically shame I, I sometimes look at my like my family my parents went to come and support me now in in france and i look oh, at them so afterwards they are absolutely destroyed because <laughs> they just see how much pain you're going through yeah. and as soon as i told my mom i'm going to race another race she's like no you know you can't you can't like because they see you you don't look in the mirror when you're in that much pain sure. they see yeah. the pain that you're going through and um i don't always think that we realize like how deep you are in that pain cave if you want yeah. to call it that sometimes you think you know i suffered but you don't see yourself you just yeah. you know the feeling that you're getting but it's actually sometimes just important to remind yourself and i try and do that of like the hard work that you put into that race to get to the finish line yeah um and not not take that for granted because you when you run these long races you, you really go deep and yeah. it really hurts and it's you need to respect the process of racing like that yeah that's that's amazing and i think um based on like you don't always get to see it i mean every now and again a photo pops up mm. where i'm like it shows the the gravity of the yeah. moment or it's like the closest thing mm. and i think or even the video and one of those moments for me was watching tony finish occ yeah. and like just she had like six thousand emotions mm. in like mm. less than five seconds yeah. so it was like stoke and then she dropped down and then she's like what is going on yeah. tears joy and I saw one photograph of you at the finish of CCC, um, and I think I can't remember who commented, but they were just like, "Yeah, like it's hard, yeah, like done." Yeah. Um, but looking at that, like, I mean, you left it all out mm, there, mm. and maybe that's a glimpse of what your mom's seeing. Yeah. Like, how does looking at something like that make you feel? Um, I think the first the first thought that I normally get is it's like it's a proud feeling, even though you didn't win the race um, or in the top ten or whatever it might be. Is like when when you have a tough race and things don't go according to plan to get to the finish line in the best possible position that you can given the day it's it's always going to make me feel proud because yeah. you know you took you took the the bad situation try to make it as best as possible and there's always like the small things you can focus on but the first thought is feeling pride then 
also also always brings a little bit of laughter to me because I I look at myself I'm like I don't really recognize that person because wow. you're so out of it in that moment where yeah. it almost feels like a bit of an outer outer body experience if I look at the photo it's like I don't really remember crossing the finish line I don't remember like this is a sp- specific photo of Emily Walgood giving me a hug as we cross the finish line oh, I'm wow. like I don't remember that like <laughs> it's you you I think you're just so so tired and so yeah. like mentally fatigued that your brain the moment you cross the finish line your brain almost just switch switches off so yeah. it's like I'm done yeah so I showed I've, up for the last however many hours yeah. yeah so when I look back at that you know it's 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 different feelings because if I think about Cape Town trials as an example there's photos of me also laying on the floor laying on the ground being absolutely closest to death I've ever been um, and then you look at it and I was like I don't remember that it's yeah. it's, it's so weird so I think it's so special to have those memories um, and the photos especially because it's again it's, it's a reminder of where you were mentally in that moment that you can't, can't like remember that that well it feels like a bit of a dream bit of a blur so yeah. it's always interesting looking back but yeah, it's it's awesome to to just be able to just see them, remember, yeah. feel proud, um, and just like laugh about it because yeah, you're so cool. so tired. And a, kind of a last thing, just on your the races that you've had, we've touched on Transvolcania. I mm. mean, eleventh Stackfield mission to get there, the whole story, and then even with um, World Champs mm. UTMB. I think World Champs was your guys' route was changed literally the day before. Yeah, it was like a day or two before because there was like low, low level snow or yeah, something like some that. Some avalanche, and yes. like it went from like a really what I thought was a challenging race to like this much more, this much more distance, mm, and mm. then a lot more birds. Yes. And I was like hectic. Yeah. And yeah, going into it, I mean as you're prepping for a race like that and you get a change or there's a curveball before you've even mm. lined up, like, yeah, how does how does that go? Yeah, so that race was absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> so if I, if, well, if I, before I get to that race, I'll just quickly pause on Transfer Kenya. So I went to the race because I thought it's something that's going to suit my ability pretty well. It's very runnable, it's warm, it's, it's not like super high in the Alps. Yes, you climb to 2,400 meters, but it's not in the Alps. So the altitude, I yeah. think all those things play into our favor as like training in South Africa it came from summer, the Europeans yes. came from winter. So everything was lining up nicely for that race. And I I had a good race. Like it's one of those days, again, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't happen often. You, you just feel good. You have a solid run, you feel solid throughout the race. And when you get to the finish line, you're tired, but you, you, you were right. You know, yeah. like you remember at least how you got to the finish line. <laughs> So I was going into World Champs with, again, thinking, cool, I was 11th at Transfer Canyon, a pretty pretty stacked field, so I'm, I must be in good shape. I knew the recovery was a bit of a thing, but there was a lot of guys who raced Transfer Kenya and then raced World Champs. I'm like, well, if these Europeans can do it, then I hope I can as yeah. well. So went into the race feeling quite confident. Um, like you said, through a curveball, uh, more elevation. So I think initially it would have been... 82 kilometers worth 5,000 meters of climbing. And then with the change, it was like 85 Ks worth 6,400 meters of climbing, something like that. So I'm like, well, for someone who lives at sea level (laughs) and our biggest climb years, if you drive to Montreal, like, it's it's yes you can get the climbing in but yeah. that, that's the but terrain that's five, five laps up of and down that, of that so trying to entertain yourself exactly yeah. so i was like thinking you you know this is going to be hard but again i had a good race i'm confident you can handle this um yeah. and that race was just so brutal you start with a thousand five hundred meter climb 
but yes, the climb's intense, but then you have to come back down. So yeah. your, bo- your body's just in shock from the first moment. So you're going to struggle throughout the different periods of the race. Again, I saw my teammates after 20 Ks and I told them like, guys, I don't, I don't really know what to do here. This is ridiculous. I don't want to, I don't want to like drop a bomb here, but this is, this is hard. Like, so again, it's just like taking those moments and smile about it and try and work with the, the moving factors because there's always going to be curveballs if it's before the race, in the race, after the race, whenever you're just going to have to deal with it. It's the same for everyone. Yeah, You you can, you can complain as much as you can or want. There's been times where the biggest races in the world, like, TDS, the one here at, at UTMB, the start time just changed an hour before the race where they start an hour later. It's, it's the same for everyone. You yeah. you just have to roll with it and try and that it doesn't affect you that much. Yeah. Um, just try and make the best out of the bad situation. Oh, hectic. Yo, and I mean, even with like CCC, Don, your, were your parents on the route or like your family? Yes. And how was, I mean, you said that you went into the pain cave, it was a hard day and like, did seeing them help, did it make it worse like from your side? No, it's, it definitely helps. Like, so my mom and dad was there as well as my wife. So, so my wife would have always joined. She would have crewed me or she did crew me. Um, and then my parents decided last minute, like they want to come and watch. They want to awesome. come and experience Europe. So, so they came to race as well. So it was really special to have everyone there. And the day, the day before, like we all drove together to start. We all stayed together, had breakfast together. Oh, it's nice. something you don't always get to experience. So for me, it was, I even like said before the race, I made a post like on Instagram. It's just like, this is just, this is just special. It doesn't yeah. regard like whatever the result is tomorrow. It, it doesn't matter because yeah, that's awesome. being here with your family is, it's always going to be a lifelong memory. So like I said, the race really starts super tough and you only get to see your crew at about 45 Ks, 50, sure, no, 55 Ks actually. It's a long time. So in the beginning, there's eight stations, but you, you tend to just carry the race nutrition that you need. Um, obviously, when you train your body, Yes. like gets used to certain things so I, I you know just you just carry what you need to carry but again it's the same for everyone so yeah. you carry quite a lot in the beginning and then as I ran into the aid station my wife was there because I told her like please you need to be a the first thing I told her I was like I'm really really tired and she just said do you want to stop I'm like hell no like this is the <laughs> last thing you need to ask me now yeah. uh, but just having your your loved ones there like mm. just standing there next to you and just trying to support you get you through those dark moments and and from there you get to see your crew every 10 to 15k so then it's a little bit easier you know it's coming so yeah. I think that patch between 30k's and 55k's when things are getting hard and also you have one of your biggest climbs there then it's like quite mentally mentally tough to to carry on and just try and motivate yourself because it's just you in the middle of the mountains but as soon as you get to seeing your crew it, it just like lights a fire where yeah. you know cool for even five k's before the aid station you know i need to just survive another hour another 40 minutes or whatever it is because then i'm going to see my, my family and yeah, that's cool. from there it's like okay cool you you feed on that energy for a couple of k's and then you tie it for a couple of k's and then you realize like oh, i'm going to see them again in four k's or five k's yeah. so it really makes a huge difference um because racing racing in europe can be quite lonely if you if yes. you don't have support there uh, just because I mean it's it's not home so yeah. for me always racing here we have such an advantage when yes. there's when you're racing on your home terrain not necessarily only the terrain but also the support and people calling you on your name and cheering yeah. you on and just it, knowing people along you get to the start line there's familiar faces yes. there's something about that no it makes a massive difference yeah. so when you when you're abroad and far from home you try and feed on that small wins of even though it's a single person it it makes a huge difference to have yeah. them there no that's cool and I, something we also touched on, like 
all the way through this. It's just like the process. And mm. it seems like you are chipping away at this thing, seeing how the puzzle mm. pieces work. Mm. And um, I think it's Killian's quote that, that you put in an Instagram post, which is don't think about the races, but rather about the process. Yes. And I do think that's the lesser talked about side of elite racing. I know yes. we've spoken about the pain cave being in it, the training, but a lot of what outsiders or other runners mm. see is just this epic finish line moments yeah. not like all the months leading up to it and um like yeah just looking at everything and the bigger picture yeah. i mean like how how's your process going you've okay. made a lot of changes yes. stuff's happening you're also probably looking ahead yeah um yeah how's the process going okay so i i was in a bit of a place at some point where i felt that you need that one result everyone would always say like if you finish top 10 at utmb or western states or where whatever race it might be then you set for life or people know you people will respect you as a trail runner you'll get sponsors yeah. those sort of things and it's actually quite easy to fall in that trap of just thinking you need that one result and it took me a bit of time to actually reevaluate how I want to see my training or racing or running or whatever you want to call it. It's like, do I want to measure it in terms of a single race or do I want to measure it over 20 years of consistent good results? Or do yeah. I want to just take where I am now, enjoy it, embrace it. And if you improve, great. If you don't, also great. So this year I got to the point where I realized like, I think it was just a time period where, where life's busy, work's busy. And I just realized like, I can go to these races and things can't, it might not necessarily go that well. And yeah. you can come back and you feel super disappointed and you're like, oh, you know, I wanted to run 10 hours for the race. I ran 13 hours for the race. And you like, yeah. you feel bleak about it. And it's it's actually quite a dangerous trap to fall into if you just measure it on, on results. And I think for a long time I did. But lately I've realized that there's certain things that I wasn't good in two, three years ago. Um, I remember the first couple of times that I ran with like the likes of Yoat or Kane and we'll get to, a, get to a climb and they will absolutely destroy me. Like they'll make a huge gap in a training run. Um, yeah. We're not even pushing it. And then I just realized like that's something that I need to work on. It's something that I need to improve. And I started off this year thinking if I finish this year without racing, without having any great results, and I just improve my climbing, that I'm able to climb with the fastest guys in South Africa, because that's just my frame of reference at, yeah. like, when I started with this, like, let's say, plan for the year. And if I can finish the year feeling I improved my climbing, then it would be a good year. So I started off my year just spending so much time hiking, power hiking, everything uphill related. I didn't run anything flat, everything was uphill. And that was yeah. the goal for the year. And after three months, I was like, well, I can actually climb now. I can actually go on a training run with these fast guys and I can keep yeah. up with them. Oh, so awesome. for me, just at that stage, I realized like, even though if the year, I haven't raced once at that stage, but it was just knowing that I improved the aspect of my running that yeah. will help me forever. Because once you've learned how to run on technical terrain or race technical downhills or improve yeah. your climbing, it's not going to disappear. It's yeah, like one of those, that, yeah. exactly. It's like one of those things. Yes, you might not be as fit, but if you are able to climb fast at a given time, you're going to be able to climb fast again later yeah. in life. Like it's the same as Kipchoge. Can, he can stop running. He can never run again in his life and he can run in 10 years time in marathon. He'll probably still run at 215, 220, yes. just because he's like, it's so in his genes that he, he can't unlearn how to run fast. Yeah, that's what he knows. So. Exactly. So for me, that was, that was a good realization that you can't just measure it in terms of results because I know the training I've done, let's say for the first four months of the year, it might reflect this year in terms of race results, but it might reflect only three, four years later. Yeah, wow. So it, 
it was pointless just looking at this year. So I was always trying to look at aspects in my running that I feel there's room for improvement, then focus on that. If I feel I've ticked the box of improving that, then cool, let's go race and see if it translates into better results. But again, like what's a better result, you know, because trail running, it's not like running on the track. It's not like you can measure it. I ran or on the road, I ran 5Ks in 15 minutes or I ran 5Ks in 14 and a half minutes or whatever your frame of reference would be. Trail's different, you know, some some days, some guys are just better than you. Some days... It's warm weather and your body just doesn't adapt well to to warm weather. So yeah, Daniel's first UTCT hundred is not your second or your third. No, it's just you're a different person. There's different training. There's exactly, different everything. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, that's something that I've like really take uh, t- take seriously. Like, don't necessarily just think about the race results. And yeah. although people might remember race race results yes it goes quickly like if i ask you now if i ask anyone who was second at utmb in 2021 like no one would know you know they're gonna have to really think about it who was it yeah like i can probably think about it now i'll remember but it's you're gonna have to think about it like race results come and go so quickly um people talk about it for a week people people talk about it for a month but if you've improved your running yeah. instead of just focusing on that one good race result, then you know, like, yeah. it's cool, it's successful, you feel better yeah. because like, it's something you can take through your career. Even looking back, that, that it kind of inaugural win at Maxi Race mm. for you, I think that was the first time I'm, I was very new to the trail mm. running world and I knew who nobody was. Uh, but when I prepped now and I was like, that Daniel is a very different very much, Daniel uh, to one who's sitting here today. No, for sure. Yeah. Like, again, uh, it's so funny. My first trail race, because I, I came from a track and a road background and yeah. triathlon, so I was always used to running fast. And for me, running is running. Like, I didn't really understand that you're allowed to hike when you <laughs> allowed like to a hike in trail rides i just try to run everything every (laughs) single meter i try and run doesn't matter how inefficient you're running at that moment you just try and run it because i I thought that's what it is and i remember in tmc um about like 35 k's you're on the contour the front side of table mountain and i was like i can't run anymore i'm too tired and i still try to run nowadays i'm like I'm going to hike this because I'm going to be strategic about where you spend yes. or let's say burn your matches, if you want to call it that. You can yeah. only burn so many matches in the race. So you deliberately make the decision, I'm going to yes. walk this section to yeah. run better at the later stage. And I didn't know that in the beginning when I started running. Yeah. So you and you're applying strategy as opposed to just, I'm going to go out, go until I blow. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if I think back about that maxi race run, it's, it's a very much different me. Um, yeah. Even though at that stage I was happy with how I approached running and what yeah. I got from it and how I raced and whatever. But you just you just get smarter. You the longer you spend time in sport, there's a there's a reason why ex- experienced rugby players, golfers, tennis, there's a reason why they perform because yes. experience is so much like so so much worth it. Uh, yeah. If you look at look back at how you approached things a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think even now part of your process was um, you recently made the call not to race UTCT 55. I know you mentioned you're not racing this year. And it, um, I think that kind of shows that you are applying what what we're talking about. Because, um, yeah. I mean, in a lot of people's minds, and I'm like, try, I'm, hopefully I don't offend anyone, but you were the pick mm, to win mm, mm. at the 55. So, yeah, like making a call like that, listening to you now, it sounds like it was easy. I mean, was it? Are no, you keeping the process in mind? It's always going to be hard to skip a race that you are passionate about. I think UTCT is such a special event. Um, I've, I've done the 100K three times. So 
it's it's on our doorstep the best athletes the best athletes in the world they come here and come yeah. and race and the whole week around it is i don't think there's a lot of other races in the world that offer what utct offers yeah so i always wanted to race it i think i knew i didn't want to race the 100k just because like i said it was it was a big year i was tired it was time to just scale down a little bit yeah. even though 55 kilometers is still a very very long way to run I think my definition of rat of far changed over the last couple of years. <laughs> so um, I just realized like 55Ks, even though it's, it's just shorter one, it's it's not what, I'm, what my body can handle at this stage. Yeah. And um, I would like to, I would like to have a long career. I think if you, if you focus on the shorter goals and I want to race this race um, and you're going to decide I'm going to give it for three or four years a proper go, you're going to maybe shorten your career a little bit because yeah. you're going to take risks, you're going to take gambles, you're going to either be mentally fatigued or physically fatigued. So I deliberately made a decision to to keep my my health and my mental well-being intact and decided yeah. to rather skip the race and be bleak that I skipped the race instead of forcing it and then something and happens broken. And, yeah, yeah. and then something doesn't go according to plan. Because I have some big goals for next year and I want to try some some different training, different things, yeah. spend some time on the road and just have a bit of a different year. And yeah. I was concerned that if I do, UTCT is going to take away that for me for next year. And yeah. again, like UTCT will always be there i'll always be able to race it because i'm not planning yeah. on going abroad like i love cape town and i yeah. or somewhere around yes it'll always be my local race my local yeah, big international race so there's different areas and where you can be part in so yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to crew be cameraman be in the broadcast do different awesome. things this year yeah and just be a supporter because normally you're the guy running um and yeah. it's going to be fun to do something else this year so it was quite a deliberate decision it wasn't an easy decision nice because uh, you're always gonna think about yeah you know you want to race you want to perform you want to do well yeah. it's end of the year one more but i just realized like one more is is too yeah. much for me this year no, well done. I think that's not the easy call to make, but it's definitely the the better call. Um, just this thing to what, what we've kind of reflected on, but um, and like big learning curve, lots of experience, diverse racing this year. Are you allowed to tell us what's what's up next in the pipeline? You mentioned the road. Yes. You are shocked us all and said yeah. Boston Marathon. Yes, on ends his, it for Boston Marathon. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still need to work it out. For me, there's a couple scenarios. Um, that I'm waiting for other lotteries and I'll, okay. I'm not, I'm not, not very, I'm very open to telling people what I plan to do. I'm not very secretive about what I want to race. So okay. I'm, I'm thinking about Western States. That's a race okay. that I really want to do. Yeah, uh, hot, yeah, hot, long, yeah, long. Sounds like it's, it's a fast 100 miler, even though I don't feel I have to step up the distance. Obviously Western States is a, a shorter in time, 100 mile, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So I'll continue to throw my name in the lottery there. Um, obviously, every year you enter, you double the amount of entries that you have. So yep. this year I'll have four entries. So I'll just continue <laughs> nice. entering that 8, 16, 32. At some point, the entry must. Yeah. At some point, it will come through. But at some point, I'll also try and qualify through one of the qualification races. Awesome. Um, so, so that's one scenario. If Western States work out through the lottery, then that'll be obviously a very, very big goal for the year. If that doesn't work out, then regardless of that, I'll probably spend some time on the road for the first couple of months of the year. Awesome. This year, the trail trail season felt quite long because I had Transfer Kenya in May, the first weekend of May. So I did a lot of running before that. And it just felt like, you know, it, it was it was a lot. So I would rather want to try and break it up a bit more and do okay. three months, four months road. 
and then see how that goes. Because I to date I haven't ran a ten k. Uh, my my PB ten k is when I was sixteen years old. So oh, wow. uh, I don't have a ten k time. I don't have a twenty one k time. Don't okay. have a mar- I've never raced a marathon on the road. So there's a few boxes that I want to tick as well in that sense. Yeah. So I'm gonna see if that can work out. Uh, the road is something new, and generally my my body is quite fragile. If you kind of call it that, I'm I'm quite sensitive to road running of okay. been over the last couple couple of years but i just think it's just because i'm not conditioned to it so okay. i want to start now already doing more easy runs more runs on on the road and just try and get my body used to the repetition of road running so that that that's the scenario nice. and then I've, i'm fortunate enough to have an entry for ccc again next year so Great that's something on the cards as well so okay western states draw is on the 2nd of december um if i get an entry then there's one scenario if i don't get an entry then there's a different scenario but yes. it'll one of those races will be the the goal the number one goal race for the year awesome. and then i'll fill in the rest of the picture around those so Yo. can't give you a clear answer but that's the two that i'm looking at at the moment there's exciting options i'm like i'm stoked when the draw comes out we'll check it out yeah. even ccc to see how you go back and i, I mean i, I don't want to say redeem it because it feels like you learned a lot mm. from this year but how the approach is maybe different oh, and you. even the 10k oh well the road times i mean mm. that's a whole different pain cave yeah that's like definitely I've, short I mean, sharp and painful there's no hiding there yeah it's where when the trail you can tap off a bit then no one's going to see it but if you tap off on the road you're going to lose time so behind, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited about that and i think that's also something that i really want to explore and just see because nice. again it's something that'll improve my overall running i might not yeah. like be the fastest road runner or the best road runner in the history of of, of, of but of south africa but yeah i want to i want to try and see what i can do and then take yeah. that into something else because yeah. being able to run fast will will always help you yeah, on, in any well. form of running so yeah quite excited to see how that goes i think if you do any form of that training with ken riley he'll show you no, something I about know, speed i know so so on the one side i mean like he he's fast and then if you are training for for boston, boston. marathon then there yeah. will be some some rivalries starting on the on the road as yeah. well i mean like there's a very friendly rivalry between all of us on the trail we're That's all mates awesome. and we all love to race each, race each other because you get that little bit of bragging rights whoever wins on the day <laughs> that's always going to be fun but now we can bring that into the road running and the thing is like there's so many fast guys on the road yeah it's not like we're gonna rock up and win a race at all there's yeah. there's guys 10 times faster than us so yeah. that's also that's also appealing that you know there's there's a lot of room for improvement and there's a lot of guys who can show yeah. you a thing or two about running and so. there's someone to chase that's exactly. exciting you're not you're, not you're not setting the pace there's, there's people faster than you yeah for sure. and a, a pack that's also chasing you no, they, that's definitely be cool. definitely um and daniel just to to round off i can't believe it this has been so um cool um thanks for your your no, insights your it's been very fun i can't believe it's been an hour odd of i know talking. this is crazy i was like i feel like we we just started and i don't know everyone i've asked this question to it's supposed to be like a light fun thing and okay. everyone's like you're asking me to choose my tra- favorite child but what what is your favorite trail and why favorite trail wow that is a very hard question. I'm going to keep it local because I do think we have some of the best trails in South Africa. Um, it's going to depend on day to day. But for me, spending time on the flowy trails of Yonkersuk, um, nice. going up Irish, 
hooking a right onto the one of the contours, coming down on the other side of the valley is always a highlight. Um, oh, it's nice. it's a place that I've I've spent a lot of time, yeah. and it's actually a trail like an area where I don't ever get bored. So, so cool. I've run a lot. I've run a lot there, um, but every time I go there, there's something special for me about Yungasuk. So oh, great. let's 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 keep it local. Let's let's say Yungasuk. Let's Yungasuk. So cool. I yeah. know you and. Um, yeah, you are and Kyle. I think have spent a lot of time on the trails in as well as above. Yeah, Yungashuk, but story for another. <laughs> yeah, another there's, day. there's some there's some good memories there. No, so. that's so cool. And Daniel, where can we find you? I mean, finding yeah, we'll be looking out to see what the race calendar holds for you. But Instagram, awesome. yeah, so LinkedIn, I don't know. So, so Instagram, <laughs> I'm I'm probably the most active around there. Someone told me the other day there's double the amount of TikTok users than Instagram. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. So it tells me I'm a little bit older than the young generation. <laughs> Daniel's like, TikTok is not on my... No, yeah. no. So no, mostly Instagram. Um, and I, I'll send you my work email address if everyone want to talk, work with me. <laughs> okay, awesome. Cool. Daniel, thanks so much. This has been great. Thank um, you. Thank you for the time. This is how, great. how it goes next year, we'll have a post-Western States CCC debrief. We'll have to have you back. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Awesome. There you have it, everybody. Some stories and insights from Daniel Klaassen, how he's approached his training, what goes into the planning and racing, and potentially what's next on the cards for him for the 2024 season. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and I am looking forward to seeing you all back here next week Friday for our next episode.